Hello and welcome to the Radical Imperfectionist Podcast, a show where together we work to embrace who we are, to grow into our own allies, and to become a source of empowerment for ourselves and those around us. Hello, everyone. I hope your first week or so of the new year has been amazing, but amazing things can contain challenges, right? This year is not going to be free of challenges and things that test us. So no matter how many times people repeat maybe a mantra or say things that they believe, there will still be thoughts that can come in and sort of catch us off guard and cause us challenges. This week I had a bit of this and it dawned upon me with a lot of the language that I've been hearing and even hearing myself think or say sometimes, how helpful it can be to clarify what our emotions are. That sounds silly, right? This idea that we need to clarify emotions. I mean, we all know what emotions are, right? Don't we? Or do we? Okay, so I talk a lot about thoughts and about how important our thoughts are. I talk about where our thoughts come from, but you hear people constantly saying their thoughts as though they are their feelings or their emotions. You hear, I feel like I'm a terrible mother, or I feel like I'm failing, or I feel like I can never catch up. So when we say this, and we say this as though it is an emotion or a feeling, then we can really kind of get stuck in that thought. But the truth is that these are not feelings. These are the thoughts themselves, the thoughts creating the feelings. You see, your emotions or feelings, again, result from the thoughts you have. When we believe a lie that we, maybe that we think we're a terrible mother, this is a signal to us that our, our brain judged a circumstance and made a thought as sort of a verdict of what that circumstance means for us. This is powerful because we can, when we can really understand what is happening and recognize what the actual feeling is, then we can gain the clarity and perspective we need to get out of that thought that is sabotaging our way of thinking. So often we have these thoughts and we don't even know they're swirling around in our brains making us feel terribly. For me, this has been a really great week, and yet, as I said before, it's not been without challenges. One thing that can happen with me as I continue to work on my perfectionist tendencies that I've had, layer after layer, is that I can really get stuck in my head making circumstances mean something for myself that I have habitually jumped to, making similar circumstances mean in the past. And then when I notice I feel terrible, I feel kind of bewildered as to how I got there. I can kind of just get caught off guard like that. But when again, I'm able to stop and remember that it is, this is what our brains do. They, they make a circumstance mean something for us. It, they create a thought for us based on something that our brains are clinging to. And that thought creates a feeling and resulting actions and perpetuation of those feelings and actions. I remember that I've done this for my entire life and that kind of gives me the ability to give myself more grace as I work on these things. 
And these patterns of assumption for my brain are habits as a result of having done this for so long. So as I retrain my brain, there still will be areas where, sort of on autopilot, I might find myself a little caught off guard as habits kind of kick in that I've not quite kicked myself or worked on yet. So this week, my boys and I went to the optometrist and both of my boys do something called vision therapy, which if you're not aware is where we go to a developmental or behavioral optometrist that also has therapists that help my boys to learn exercises, which work the brain in various ways to help with vision. My, my youngest, as many of you know, especially if you listen to last week's podcast episode, has been doing vision therapy since he could because he was born with strabismus or an eye turn. So since he was born, I've had to see optometrists and work in various ways with him, with vision therapy, and with various doctors throughout the years. He's five and a half now. Um, I drive an hour south to a doctor who's out of network to work at this vision therapy office, and I've been doing that for over two years with this specific doctor. However, my eldest son was evaluated over a year ago, he's eight and a half, to see if he had any areas of concern given struggles he had with attention and focus, tracking, and other areas I was seeing struggles with, sort of in our homeschool activities and various things. We found that he would benefit likely from vision therapy, and so over the past year, he's been seeing the therapist monthly for these sessions, and we do homework exercises each week in between. So this week, we went in to have sort of progress checked with the optometrist. His vision has drastically improved and the way that his brain functions with his eyes. However, his eyesight, which is different from vision, if you don't understand why, you can go listen to my episode um, or look it up. Regardless, it's, he's actually more farsighted than formally suspected, and he needs to wear glasses now 24-7, according to the optometrist. So if, if you knew my traditional thought struggles from maybe listening to the podcast or maybe you, you've known me, you know what this used to kind of do for me, this kind of situation. This kind of news in the past would have set my brain spinning. I would have been Googling everything, buying books, finding another option for natural eyesight programs, posting in Facebook groups or anything else that I could to fix this and fix this now. Obsessively, without able ability to really focus on other things. That's the way I traditionally worked. My traditional habit in my brain was complete and total resistance to whatever circumstances were unexpected and potentially disappointing or maybe challenging. My former thought patterns would be that my brain was making this mean either that the doctor was wrong and I had to fix it or that I had failed Desi in some way and I could not handle it being my fault. So it had to be the doctor, maybe a lot of times. So either I would spiral in the shame of this being my fault while trying to fix it or find myself in total denial and rebellion to the doctor's findings. What was amazing for me though this week is that I actually found myself noticing this internal dialogue, this reaction starting to happen. 
I noticed my shoulders and neck and stomach tense and my heart beat increase. I noticed my thoughts racing to find a solution and I found my brain searching for how to explain it to my husband so that he wouldn't think I'm a terrible mother. What's cool about thought work is that the more that you do it, the more you separate your worth from your thoughts and you can see how interesting your patterns are. When you're doing thought work, you start to learn to give yourself that space and notice what's going on. And you keep practicing, both listening to the thoughts, giving space and dissecting the thoughts and moving through the emotions that result so you can actually change the thought to something that helps you. So this experience was challenging for me and yet it was incredibly exciting because I got to experience it and not allow it to fully take over. Even though it started as a habit and that perpetual pattern that was in my brain, it started on that road. I really got to see so tangibly how much better my life is and my reactions or not being so reactive. What is also important is understanding that there will sometimes be thoughts that we have not yet figured out or acknowledged, but the more that you notice thoughts and give space in this way, the more that you gain the perspective needed and ability to step back, to step outside of the situation and not become only reactive to your brain, but an observer that gets to choose, choose how you want to experience those circumstances beyond your control. This doesn't mean I can't still choose to take other options or actions. Obviously, I could try to find some ways to support my son, obviously, or get another opinion with another optometrist, but the urgency is gone. This never means you don't take responsibility for your actions either. This just means that you don't allow the thought from your brain that says this means this or that for you, which produces fear and shame, or just simply makes life feel terrible, to be accepted as truth. It means that you hear the thought, you notice it, because those thoughts still come. They still happen from time to time, and you, first of all, don't get scared of the thought. The thought is not all-powerful. It's trying to tell your story, but it's just one version. And second of all, you recognize that that's just one interpretation of the circumstance and you get to decide what interpretation makes sense from a perspective that actually empowers you. I talk over and over again about how important it is to choose the way your story is told. It is not about lying to yourself. It's about choosing the voice the narrator that will tell your story. Will your story be told from a victim narrator, from an imposter narrator, or from a hero narrator? So when you notice your brain offering up an interpretation of your circumstances, don't ignore it just because it feels icky. That is not thought work. Don't just be strong and shove it all down and put on a smiling face. Don't tell yourself it's stupid. Just stop and notice the thought. Give yourself a breath. Acknowledge it completely so you can see what your brain is actually doing, what your brain is saying, and then figure out what love would actually say about those circumstances. How would it feel not to believe that thought and instead believe a powerful thought about what that means for you? For example, 
When I started to hear the thoughts that I needed to fix this and what should I do or what I should do, I recognized the voice coming from thoughts perpetuating fear. I recognized that it was coming from a former belief that I had that I was not a good mother and that I was going to fail. And this, in this, my brain was trying to propose to me um, that I was failing my child. When I was able to accept that this thought was there, first I was able to fully and totally understand how that felt for me to hear that thought and then notice and allow that resulting shame to just move through me and out. I didn't have to cling to it because I didn't think it was true. And then I could see that I'm a human mother. I'm a mother who loves my kids and I do everything I can for them most of the time. I'm not perfect and I'm not doing all of the things. I do things for them constantly, but I also try to balance. I'm a mother who will never do it perfectly and trying to be perfect doesn't help anybody. The truth instead allowed me to shift to asking questions about how I want to proceed in a way that actually empowers me. I was able to accept that the, what the doctor said um, was what the doctor said without an urgency and stop and sit with it. I was able to talk to my husband point blank without shame. It just, it is what happened. And I was able to figure out where I want to go from there without fearing the end of the world and my sentence to eternal shame and total failure. So I have a few powerful things that I want you to work on this week. Okay, real quick, you guys, there's been an exercise that has been incredibly popular on my podcast and in my videos called rewriting your story. I've used this exercise and it's been awesome. So I created a freebie to jumpstart your journey in that area. I want to send it to you, but in order to do that, I need your email address. So to make that really simple, you can text the word imperfect to the number 22828. Again, text the word imperfect to the number 22828 and you'll get a response back asking for your email address. When you respond with your email address, you'll be added to the email list so that I can keep you informed. And again, as a bonus, I created this worksheet. It's a super popular exercise. I use it regularly, talk about it often here on the podcast, and I want to send you that worksheet as a gift. So when you subscribe, I'll send that worksheet and the instructions right to your inbox. Okay, let's get back to it. So I have a few powerful things I want you to work on this week. First, when you start to feel icky, name the thought, but change the words because that in and of itself is powerful, right? I'm having thoughts that are telling me that blank about whatever the circumstances are, fill it in. And remember, the circumstances are the facts that are beyond your control. Your brain is making them mean something for you. And calling out the thought separate from the emotion can be incredibly helpful clarity for you. Then, once you can see what thought you're hearing, then you can write down what feeling that it is resulting in for you. Your feelings or emotions are not thoughts. They are shame or fear, hopelessness, rage, whatever, but they are not thoughts. You can then ask yourself, what would it feel like not to believe this thought 
as Byron Katie and Kara Lowenthal talks about, and then ask yourself what the voice of unconditional love would want you to believe. If you were talking to your child or a loving mother was talking to you about this with wisdom and empowerment coming from real love, what would that person say about these circumstances? What would it feel like to believe that thought or those thoughts instead of the one or ones producing the terribly difficult feelings? Sit with that. Write it down. Share it with me. I would love to hear how it's going for you. All right, my friends, I really hope this was helpful for you this week. I'm so excited about this year and ready to tackle more of my challenging thoughts and yours with you as we dig deep layer by layer. And I love hearing from you. So please send me an email over at theradicalimperfectionist.com or follow me on Instagram and send me a message. Share this episode with any friends that need to hear this. And remember, you are not alone. You never were. We're in this together and you've always been enough. Keep rocking your year and keeping it real with yourself. You are not supposed to be perfect. You are supposed to mess up and learn from those mistakes and then repeat. It's about growth. Remember that. Have an amazing week, my friends. Until next week, this is Holly Ann Casper, the Radical Imperfectionist. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if you'd like to stay current on whatever is posted, you can subscribe on iTunes. You can also head over to theradicalimperfectionist.com for other resources. Have a wonderful day.